Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Hello. And uh, today's episode is a topic that is very different from all the previous ones. Because if you've been following, it's been very like um, hustle, hustle, go, achieve, optimize. And today's going to be the exact opposite. Because with all things, you need balance. And this is the balancing episode. Woo! So yeah. today we're going to talk about yeah. eating ice cream and not giving exactly. So pop out the bucket. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's get no, it. Today's episode will be about uh, letting go and enjoying the moment, so to speak. This will have a better title when I post it, but for now, it's about <laughs> enjoying the moment and letting go. And uh, for now, it's yeah, lit. and getting lit. What up? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll, I think I'll start with just an example from my life and why I wanted to record the podcast on this. So uh, recently I'd been kind of stacking a lot of habits together of things that I wanted to do. So let's say gym, business, then going out and another business thing. So a lot of things. And what I started noticing was that as I was doing them, like the more I was stacking things, the more I was getting lost in my thought and then always get wanting to get to the next thing. And I think like the deciding like switching factor that made me want to go more into, you know, searching about enjoying the moment and letting go was I was in the, my coffee shop work and I noticed just looking at the clock every three seconds, like, oh my God, it's never ending. When is this going to end? When is this going to end? And then when I got home, not at the moment, I kind of had this realization, I'm going to be doing this for a long time in the future and it's unsustainable to keep going. So why don't I try to actually enjoy the moment while it's happening? And it was funny because I didn't read any book that day, but I just started practicing, you know, being like walking slower and talking slower and just being more in the moment, enjoying the actual thing I was doing. And it was super interesting because the next day I applied that in work. It was one of the best work days I had. And then following the whole week, this, you know, mindfulness practice, my boss told me like, oh, you made a lot of improvement this week. <laughs> and, oh, that's and, yeah. awesome. And inside I was like, it fucking worked. Woo! <laughs> yeah. It's magic. So, so that, it, it was very cool. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because I kind of saw the direct response from the external world kind of immediately. It's funny how, like, how maybe we, when we start talking about this topic, maybe the more goal-oriented people really always oriented towards productivity might might scoff at it just like oh enjoying the moment that's not really necessary but i think your example it's a perfect one because it it shows like if you don't have the your mindfulness in sync your your productivity suffers yeah so you were doing a worse job despite being so focused on doing a better job in general in life yeah and once you kind of let up a bit maybe like you said start enjoying the moment taking things slowly the productivity even came without you maybe noticing yeah. it. The real world made you notice it. And yeah, that's a, a pattern I've been noticing also in my life. Like the, the moments where I'm starting to do more stuff, I'm really in check with my nutrition, with my gym, gym time, doing my, doing like work, for example, with our, with our Instagram page and whatever, when I'm more in point, it's like, there comes a point where I always get like this, this random, you can say click or something like in the middle of the day that I just realize 
I'm not making enough time to actually enjoying yeah. the things I'm working for. So I'm at the gym all day. I'm at the. I'm pumping yet. iron all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at the gym every day. Whatever I'm eating, I'm eating. I'm eating almost perfectly. Whatever I'm doing, the work, everything good. And then, like it's strange because I'm doing that for a reason. That's the reason. Ultimately, every human being does something because they want, like, not ultimately, but they want to feel good. Yeah. And and you, while you're doing those steps, you forget that you're doing them to feel good, or not 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 feel, but be good to be better. Yeah. And, and I, you end up I think not, that not even enjoying it. At the end of the day, it's always because you want to feel better sensations in your body. You know, you think. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, thinking. exactly. I'm not ultimately, like, you could go to meaning, but like. At, at every moment, you're doing things because you want to feel yeah, pleasure. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There is no, no way around from there. And I think that, yeah, like you were saying, it's easy to, you know, get lost in the, the daily havoc of, oh, doing this and then doing that and then just keeping, like, you know, doing the next thing without realizing that if you just keep going like that, one day the next thing will be death. And then, yeah, I cross death of the checklist. <laughs> yeah. Then I live. To do this. But yeah, because also if you... If you don't take a second to enjoy the moment, then all the moments just fly by. And you're always doing the, mo yeah. the moments or the things you're doing in that moment are always to get to the next one. And then you f don't enjoy life. And also very interesting, I saw a talk about a guy and he was saying that if you live the you know average amount of days a human being lives, which I think is like 70, 75 years old, you have like 26,300 days. That's your whole life. And then, like, when you put it like that, first of all, it, it sounds so much less than you would think. Like, 26,000 days, that's just like, yeah. that shit just flies by. But then it's like, if you don't enjoy, like, they're, they're so few and they're running by every day, it's one less on that mark. And then if you're just wanting to get to a, one day, to one spot where it's like, ah, finally I'm going to enjoy the rest of my days that I have left, then you're going to waste most of them trying to get there. And most likely, when you get there, you, you'll be so burned out. And so your brain has gotten so used to always searching for the next thing, you will not enjoy it. So yeah. I feel like it's a necessity if you want to feel successful more than being successful is to actually take a moment to enjoy. Even like small things, even brushing your teeth or, you know, just taking a shower. Just taking Especially moments things, to be in the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I'd say like people really overlook those small things they do every day. But if you like, I, I bet if you like, if you look into your everyday life, you can find some small moments that you can re be really grateful for. Yeah. for. And that's something I think it's also very difficult to realize these things. Like in your own life, it, it takes a, a bit of self-awareness to realize when you're doing this. And I think I'd say one of the things that actually helped me realize this is just meditation. I think it's one of those practices that. If you do it, you gain this, first of all, you gain more self-awareness. So you can check yourself when you're doing these types of things. Maybe because I'm a novice at it, maybe I can recognize it like after three, four weeks. But I can, I can see like if you would be like an expert or just kept meditating for a long time. I think that's the, the, the main benefit you gain from it. It's just like that heightened self-awareness. Yeah. So I bet people that have been doing like monks and stuff, they can catch themselves maybe like a day after or an hour after uh, doing this type of stuff. Well, for example, me, I get it maybe once a month when I'm really doing it yeah. badly on the 
productivity junkie path. Yeah, and it's one thing also is that it's so easy to, you know, just fall off the path. This week I'm noticing that, you know, the previous week I had that enlightenment moment where I was like, ah, and most of the week I was kind of in the moment. I was, which is kind of weird. It was like I was in a meditative state most of the time. But then, you know, the things were off, you kind of slowly start to forget. And then today I realized I was back into the old patterns. So now, yeah, that's, yeah and one thing yeah. I, I can give to the people right now who are listening, a very like, <laughs> the people. Uh, like it's a quick hack, but it works tremendously well, which is just do everything you do, but at like half the speed. When you walk on the street, just walk at half the speed that you're walking normally. When you go, I don't know, when you're cooking and you're cutting vegetables, just do it slower, half the speed. And what you'll notice is your brain will also slow down because it has no other option but to slow down. For example, if you're walking super fast, it's easy for your brain to also be super fast because it's congruent with your body. But if your body slows down, then the brain will, it will try to find congruence in something. So either the body speeds up or the brain will slow down. So if you just yeah, stick with it, your brain slows down. I was, I saw actually a phrase uh, regarding that the other day. I don't, I think it was from Toby Rob, Tony Robbins, but it's like, Psychology follows physiology. Yeah. So it's, it goes back to like, the example he gave was the, the posture thing. If you're in a hunched posture, like really looking down, shoulders forward, you, you literally have lower testosterone levels. The, the, they made really experiments on that. And on the other hand, if you like walk with your chest, chest up high, head up high, you, your testosterone levels at that moment go higher. So it's, that's just a, the proof that your mind... Um, that's not a proof that your mind changes, but there are significant changes within your body, and your or your hormones are the best example of this because they dictate highly what you what you think and how you feel. So just small physical changes can have this impact. And just another thing I wanted to touch on, like for people listening to that uh, advice that you gave, which I think is awesome, like the doing things half the speed. Maybe your your people can be thinking like, oh, but that that will hurt my productivity so much. I think we have to remember, like, there's also a cool sentence, which is, which is from Tim Ferriss, which is like, luxury for him is not being brushed. And he's arguably, arguably the master of productivity. He wrote the four-hour work week, and he's all about being productive. And I think we can learn from him, like, if he's one of the masters of productivity, you get to a point where you realize that you need to do things slowly at certain times to do things fast at other times. Yeah. You can't just be always on some... The, your body doesn't work like that. You need on times and off times. And I think that's the, the advice you gave relates to the, the importance of knowing when to be on and when to be off. Yeah, and also like relating to the, the Tim Ferriss thing. I think I heard this story in the Tim Ferriss podcast. So there was this guy who was always, he always rode his bike, at, I think one hour per day. And he, he oh, yeah. always wanted to be this previous time, but he, he kept getting stuck, I, I don't know, like 45 minutes and two seconds. I think it was the time. And like every day he was just like rushing, super stressed, like I want to beat this and he could never do it. And then one day he just said like, fuck it, I'm going to enjoy the ride this time. So he just like kind of breezed through, you know, still going fast, but looking around, looking at the birds, smelling the air. And what he noticed is that he only did two extra minutes from before, from like being super stressed to super calm down. The difference was only two minutes. And that's the same yeah. thing you'll notice when you slow down everything, for example, I slow down my walking and it's probably not half because the time would be off or it would be double of what I normally take to do things. Yeah. What you notice, it's like 
oh, it's maybe three extra minutes that I take to, I don't know, get to work. That's so much, I'd much rather wake up three hours, three hours, three minutes earlier and do everything three minutes earlier so that then I can, you know, take the slower walk. And then everything, yeah, uh, I feel like a lot of also anxieties come from not being, not slowing down. Because when you, for the walking thing for me is the biggest thing. If you walk slow, you know how sometimes people are nervous to look people in the eye when they walk by? I feel like if you slow down, that just disappears. If you really slow down and you, you, your body is forced to be just like, whirl, like almost like you're walking underwater, then you, you look at everyone in the eye and it's no problem. And it's just, it just feels natural. Everything you do feels natural because it's so slow. You kind of have to embody that, which is a confident person. Oh, because if yeah. you see confident, like say musicians, rock stars, they're always super slow. Everything they do, mostly because they're on drugs, but same applies, <laughs> but it, it applies. Some of the most popular people well, in the world, which are yeah. musicians, they do, if you notice, the most confident of them all, they do everything super slow. And it's for a reason, because they don't feel the need to be rushed. And that shows. And it will just improve yeah. your life by tenfold, so do it. God damn it. <laughs> just do it. No, um, no, that's definitely true, because like when you're walking faster, when you're eating faster, when you're doing things in a fast mode, like your body literally goes into a, like, into a smaller version of fight or flight. Yeah. So if you're giving signals to be like, to be rushed, to be on the lookout, something bad is going to happen. Yeah. That's because just your millennia of evolution, your body is yeah. made to that. So at years past, if you were walking fast or running, it was probably because there was some kind of danger or you were trying to hunt something. And your body still hasn't kind of evolved out of that. So yeah. when you're doing those things, like for the example of looking people in the eye, like if you're walking fast, you're giving signals that there's danger. So naturally, you kind of want to avoid looking at people in the eye because that could mean yeah, problems. exactly. And I think like if you, you're walking slowly, you <laughs> rest and digest, that's why they call it like the parasympathetic system. You, you just like, you, I, that's, I think it's just natural. You go back to your natural natural instincts, which is like, there's no danger around me, so I can look people in the yeah. eye. I can, yeah, I can walk with my posture, uh, head up high, whatever. And I think, yeah, that's definitely a good advice. And relating to the story about the bike thing, I also experienced that with, with the bike. So I was going, I, one day I was going to work, like I was late. So I was going like super fast. Now I, I know I even timed it because I was wearing, wearing a watch. Mm -hmm. So I just checked the time I left house. So it was like 8.20. And I arrived at, at work, it was like 8.50. And I was like half an hour. Like, it's strange. I think I, I take less than half an hour to get to work. And then the other day, I wasn't in a rush. I left at 8 from house. Yeah. And I arrived at, at my job at 8.20. So literally... No, not 8.25, 8. so literally five minutes less. Yeah. And I was like in a no rush. So it's just like, it's so strange when you, you realize you, you go on those, like, I think this is also a thing with bikes, I don't know. But like, if you try to rush, sometimes you just end up being slower and you don't enjoy the ride. Yeah, because you're kind of, uh, I, think. I think also what happens is when you try to go faster, your brain subconsciously tries to cut corners in the actions you're doing. And... If you cut enough corners, you're going to fuck up eventually. You know, let's say you're, mm -hmm. if you're, I don't know, let's say a very common job. If you're flipping burgers, for this example. If you're flipping burgers and you feel like you're stressed and you're rushed, maybe you'll be like, ah, it's good enough when it's not. And then yeah. maybe, and even if you get it faster, maybe this was not the best example, but even if you get things faster, it's not worth it. It's just, you will compromise quality over quantity. 
And there's yeah. probably the only thing where that doesn't apply is money because it's always the same quality kind of and the quantity just stacks. But in every other thing, yeah. for example, if you're lifting weights, going back to the the same example of always. The classic gym example. <laughs> you, If you lift more than another guy, but he has a better posture than you, then you're losing because your body is just going to eventually crack if you just keep putting more weight while his body is going to yeah. be able to take that and go much further. And that applies to and pretty much everything. Especially if you're like 99% of the population and you're going to the gym. So you just want to look good. Like, yeah. it's like, like 90% me. I'd say people just, you just want, yeah. yeah. Also like me, like <laughs> yeah. a major... A major motivation is like b looking good. So people are are in that to look good. And if you see like the guy with good good posture, with relatively the same si same size in terms of muscles that another guy which is lifting like maybe like he's lifting double than him, but with shitty posture, shitty form, like outside of the gym, he's going to look weaker than the other guy. It's because if the other guy has, has good posture. First of all, that just makes you look so more appealing. Yeah. And then it even makes you look like you have more muscle. And taller so, too. Yeah. And 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 if you're technically and if it's like the other guy is not competing in powerlifting or something, they just want to look both both of them just want to look good and and it's kind of funny when you when you, you think about it. There's one guy just huffing, puffing, while the other guy just enjoying the gym, even getting better it's like maybe people who actually take the time to do things correctly, they they, they leave the gym feeling better. Yeah. Than, than when they went in. But it's, and, I understand why it's hard because I feel like this yeah, concept, it it's hard for everyone because it's very counter, uh, counter logic. Because you think, oh, what do you mean I, I need to slow down to get more done? That doesn't seem logical at, at first. And maybe it's not, but it just works because that's what you'll notice. And I feel like most people who are who not, not are the most successful, but who look very successful and feel very successful are like that. When you hear, for example, Warren Buffett speak, he's very calm, he's very chilled, he's always smiling and all. He's not like in this hustle and bustle of, let's say, like a New York broker or something. And despite that, he's, uh, you know, the third richest man in the world, if I'm not mistaken. He's one of the most successful people in the world, and he never looks like he's rushed. And you can see this for a lot of people. Let's say actors. If you see one of the highest paid actors right now is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as we all know him. The, the guy, if you hear an interview from him, he's super calm, like his end movements are like super slow and controlled and everything. And you don't see Rush there, even though he has, I don't know, three movies going at the same time. When he takes time for an interview, he's there and he's chilling and he's making jokes and he's not thinking, or maybe he's thinking, but he doesn't show that he's in another spot where, while he's right there. Mm -hmm. And because going back to what I said already, if you always keep in that mindset of, Oh, I need that and I need to do this after and then after, after, after. Then you're not going to enjoy the now, which is the, the only thing to get a bit spiritual that exists. Because the past, it's already happened and it's in your imagination when you go back to it. Yeah. The future, it's all a prediction, which is also your imagination. So what you truly really have is the present. So you kind of have to breathe into it and enjoy it. My fellow yogis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it no, is. Uh, it's funny because it sounds lame, but that's really, it's true. Like, the only thing you really have, like, concretely, is the now. Like, the only thing you can really, where you can act, where you can change things. Yeah. It's, it's in this moment. It's not, in the past, it's already been done. In the future, it's like, it's not, it, it hasn't happened yet. So, the only thing that's really, where you have the power to do something, 
is now. And if you don't honor that moment, the, the now, you eventually lose the power that it gives you. So, like, if you, if you go back, like, in this modern society, so you have so many, like, social medias, TV, you have so many um, junk food, whatever. You have so many things that are designed to distract you. Yeah. And if you think about it, it will literally take you out of the moment. Like, when you're watching, when you're binge-watching a show on Netflix, you're not in the moment. Like, you are, like, if it, I, I've, I've noticed my, myself when I do this, like, I catch myself like every like every hour maybe I'm like I have that moment of clarity where I'm like, whoa, one hour passed and I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Or maybe when I when I finish eating like a shitty meal, I'm just like, whoa, I ate all of this and I don't even remember feeling, yeah, feeling myself while I was eating this, and that's just it goes back to the that's maybe why there are also so many problems with anxiety and stuff because people don't really feel like they are in the now. That's also why, like. For example, I know lots of people that have trouble sleeping. Yeah. Like, and the main complaint complaint is just like, my thoughts won't stop going in my head. Yeah. And of course, because that's the only time of the day where you make time, but where you don't have any distraction pulling you. Like there is nothing. There's no screen in front of you. There's no food that you're eating. Nothing that you're drinking. That's only you and your thoughts. Yeah. And of course, like if they haven't been allowed to be expressed for an entire day, or in most people's cases, weeks, months, an years, entire whatever, life mostly. Yeah. Yeah, an entire life, like, they are going to come out at night, and that, because that's the, the universe forces you to have that. Unless you are, you can, you can also do the other, you can even prolong this by just, like, binging whatever you're doing, like, until 4am, and eventually you fall out of exhaustion. Yeah. So you manage to skip that moment of, uh, that scary moment with your thoughts, which is what most people, like, I'd say our age, I have, like, lots of friends that they do this, and it's, something really sad because like they're just that just shows a level of insecurity that's like astonishing and i don't uh i wouldn't say insecurity i think it's just uh an inability to be to dealing with your thoughts because you don't know better and i've yeah i've been in a stage where i didn't know better where i was like and even now if i start watching a tv show it's very hard to break the cycle yeah, me too, of your I'm brain like... just wanting more because you know first of all it's a lot of dopamine coming in. It feels good. It's very comfortable. Then you, what your brain is going to do is just going to ask you for more of that. So if you start eating a pizza, you're not going to eat only one slice, for example. Because your brain, you yeah. know, tastes that. Oh, reacts, tastes very good. So it just keeps asking for more of that until it's over, until it doesn't see anything else in front of it. So, yeah, it's but, gotten to a point yeah. where... And that's why I feel yeah, like um, meditation... While at first, maybe one of the hardest things anyone can do in a modern world to just turn off everything and just be with yourself for, let's say, five minutes when you start. It's one of the most crucial things for happiness in general. And I'm not even going to say meaning, just to feeling well about yourself and with yourself. To be, to be able to, you know, walk into a room, sit down and just breathe in and look around and not feel anxious and being able to say what you want to say. Because if you notice, and if you go to, let's say a coffee shop, just take this example. You sit down and just drink a coffee without anything to read or anything to entertain you. First of all, notice how hard it's going to be. Because you're so used to being stimulated, they're going to feel very awkward just being there, not doing anything. And then look. Yeah, eat an entire yeah. meal. And then look around. Try to eat the entire meal. Look around and see what everyone is doing. If they're not talking to each other, they're on their phones. People. Yeah. It's because it's very addicting. 
and it I fall in this yeah, mistake all, all the, the time. It's it's hard to not do anything, but it's very required. But if you manage to kind of master it and to be able to not do anything, then you're you're in control of your life because you know when to wait, when to do the pauses that need to be made. I noticed this, for example, now I'm uh, learning how to day trade, so buy and sell stocks. And you need to be able to wait for it to reach the buying point, but then also to reach the selling point. You can just cut it in half or else long-term you're going to lose a lot of money. So waiting becomes one crucial skill for your life. Thank you. Yeah, like, <laughs> and if you go like, if you notice all this, the things we're talking about with food and, and drinks and the internet, social media, smartphones, it's like it's gotten to a point where it's almost unfair to your brain. Like your brain, it, was, it wasn't made to deal with all of these constant stimulus of dopamine. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like if you eat junk food, it's something like, it's almost impossible, I'd say, for, your, for, for the normal pe person. Like to, once you take that bite of pizza, of, of ice cream, of cake, like a really processed thing, you can't stop because like... It's it's it was made to play on all of your signals that all, all the dopamine signals that go go to your brain. Literally every aspect of it was made for you to keep eating. Yeah. And the same thing with social media. The same thing with smartphones. Same same thing with whatever it is that's really addicting. And I can it's it's gotten to a point where the only option you really have on like modern life is really avoidance. You you I I'd, I'd argue it's really complicated to maintain a good diet if you're including junk food in there. It's because it throws off so many signals. And yeah. Most people can re relate to this. Like, once you eat something, like in a day, once if you like have lunch at McDonald's, later on that day, you're probably not going to eat good. You're just going to keep on chugging shit down. Yeah. Just because your signals are all so fucked up. On the, on, the, on, the end, other, on the other end, if you start with like a good breakfast, really healthy, really healthy type of deal, all foods, you're more likely to keep on uh, on to keep on eating good stuff. Yeah. And the same thing with social media. Same thing. Like you see this a lot. It's a very very funny thing nowadays with smartphones. Go to a party. Go to a, a club, mm -hmm. a disco, something. Yeah. It's crazy how many people are looking at their phones. Like you are there in theory for socializing. Yeah. And whenever there's like a moment of silence where people when when they're not dancing, when they're like not talking with their close group of friends in a circle. What are they doing? They're not like looking around for people to, to talk. No, they're looking at their phones. Yeah. Just posting a photo of how much fun they're having. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's or true. Or just like checking, so just looking busy because it goes back to, yeah, to, the, to your like nature. You don't want to, to be exposed, yeah. to be uncomfortable, especially in an environment with so many people. And that's also it's, it's one crucial. of the reasons why it's so powerful. Imagine you're in that party or you're in a party like I'm sure you have. If you are the person who can maintain... There's a silence and you can just look around. You can just look and not... And people can feel that you don't need to talk. You're just okay in the moment. You're the most powerful person in that room. And mm -hmm. let's say, talking about charisma, putting a bit in here, that's the person who people are attracted to. It's the person who doesn't need anything he just gives. He doesn't look uncomfortable. And that's a very good example, if you notice. That's why, yeah, that's why for example, clubs have such loud music and a lot of alcohol. It's to stimulate you so there's not a dull moment. But if there's one, yeah. it, like you said, the phone will pop up immediately. 
It's like a junkie who needs and his hit of cocaine. It's like, oh my god, it's missing. It is ah, another one. It's, and it is. It's fucking. It's sad how, how much it happens. Even like, how many people in in the world eat eat their meals without without having anything distracting them? Yeah. A phone, uh, a smart a smartphone, a, a computer, whatever. Even a book. Like, how many people can just sit down? Yeah. Look at their foods and eat and yeah. eat, eat it. Just just be there eating, like. It's it's something that's like it's not it's not a fashion. If you see someone eating alone without like looking at something else, you find it strange. Yeah. Like you said, what's that guy doing? It's like he's just eating because you you're not being productive. You're not doing something. Yeah. You're just it's it's so strange how, how disconnected we've become with like I I take this example of food because it's one of the most important things like an act you're doing. You're literally putting the stuff that fuels you yeah. into your body, and you're like you're just ignoring it. It's like it's like you're trying to make. It's like you're. You think about it like it was a a wasted moment. So you have to put something there. <laughs> yeah. If not, it's just wait. It's just wasted. Oh, you're, you're literally doing, you're literally doing the thing that keeps you alive, and you think it's wasting time. Yeah. And even and to, the same thing to, goes to, to like to a more basic thing. I don't know if it's what you were gonna say. Just drinking water, man. Yesterday yeah. and today, I kind of took a moment to just close my eyes and like chug a big gulp of water. It feels so fucking yeah. good. When people say, oh, water has no flavor, bro, you have never tasted water. That's so fucking ridiculous. Just <laughs> fill a cup. You have uh, tap water. Everyone has tap water. If you're listening yeah. to this, you most certainly have tap water because you have internet. So go to the tap, yeah. fill a cup, and just, you know, just drink it. And really be in the yeah. moment. Close your eyes. Do it off speed, like we were talking about. And it's kind of like you feel life going into you without wanting to sound too gay. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> the life juice. Yeah. But yeah, it's you. Life's coming to me. But no, but it like, is, that's true. It it's, is. And for people, like, just a small part, for people that's people really annoyed when they say that I don't like water. Like, how the yeah, fuck I'll, can you not like water? <laughs> yeah, I heard that and, as well. And that, that's just so fucking strange. And I just tell, like, do you know when you're, like, really thirsty, you just went running or went for a gigantic jog and you forgot your bottle of water? So you just arrive home. And you're fucking thirsty. Yeah. That moment where you, you get a cup of water and you drink it, it feels like the best. It's like the best feeling ever. Yeah. So I don't know how, how people can say that they, they don't like water. But there's people like they do that. They they never drink water, so they always drink something. That's so like, weird. They drink tea. <laughs> they drink coffee. They drink soda, but they never drink plain water. Yeah. I just thinking about it. <laughs> it's confusing it's, to my brain. It's very interesting because it plays into that thing of always being stimulated water doesn't stimulate you if what you're yeah, yeah. if you're drink, drinking coca-cola of course water is gonna taste shitty it's it's like coca-cola reduced by 200 percent you know yeah. i don't even think it's it's feeling shitty it's just that it doesn't give you that immediate like rush there's no dopamine coming so, from drinking water there's no yeah there's no stuff like but i feel like if you're peak. someone who drinks coke but you feel like if you really take your time you close your eyes and you drink the bottle of water you would like it you would enjoy yeah. it at least like or it wouldn't taste bad at least at the minimum yeah but of course if you're on that the the, the mindset you are when you're eating when you're drinking coke you're not uh, you're not there to enjoy the moment or maybe you are enjoying the moment but you're not enjoying the coke you're enjoying maybe the company of your friend or a movie the coke is just an accessory to it so you're not fully into it you're never fully into i i, I don't think anyone is ever fully into junk food yeah you can't be you just find it disgusting yeah no no, it's true and 
One of the big reasons why, for example, junk food is so popular. First of all, it tastes delicious. Let's all be honest. And it's very addictive. Yeah. It's but pleasant, it's also right? the thing, like we were talking about, that it takes you out of the moment into these super uh, drastic sensations. And let's say you, want, you are going to have lunch alone, which happens sometimes, you know, boohoo. Um, and if you, you have to do it outside of your house, a lot of people will feel uncomfortable with that. They th because first of all, they think other people are looking at them when no one gives a fuck. Spotlight effect, but it's true. So that is, yeah. so let's say you have your headphones in, you're watching a video, and then you're drinking Coke and chugging down a big fat cheeseburger. You're it's completely out of reality right now. Your focus is not on your body. It's not on what's happening around you. It's on that screen and on that high sensation of when you take a sip of Coke or when you, you're the, the taste of the meat fills your mouth. But that's it. And then, yeah. but then when it's over, you feel worse then because then all that shit's yeah. getting digested and you know, the dopamine is not there anymore. So it all comes crashing yeah, down. You have to live with the consequences of yeah. the shit. Yeah. And then, and, that's like and the, then yeah. like you get home at night and of course you can't sleep because first of all, your body's all fucked up from the inside. Then your thoughts are too, because yeah. you can't never be alone with yourself. And then now you have to be alone with yourself without any stimulus in the dark room. Yeah. Good luck with that. Of course, you're not going to be able to fall yeah. asleep. It's like yeah, all stimulus is removed. Like, Even vision is removed at that point. So mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah, that's... I think you said it perfectly. Like, people can't be alone anymore. People don't know how to be alone yeah. anymore. It feels... It, it, when it feels uncomfortable. It's like the... Sleeping is the best example for it, like we talked about. Because, because like, you're never really alone. When, you, when you're alone with a, a smartphone or like eating something really palatable you're not really alone because you're not even in you're not connecting to your thoughts you're not connecting to your body how you're feeling you're just connecting to a high pleasure sensation uh, in your in this case your mouth yeah and that's really it's really a shame because your mind i think your body needs that those alone times those, those resting times and if you're doing those kind of things you're never really resting and this is a, a an awesome thing i just the, the just to show the power of like mindfulness in general i'm not even going to say meditation because i have i had this experience once which which is like a, the first time i read a book really talking about mindfulness which is called uh, radical acceptance the book mm -hmm. and it was the first time like i was i was just like so a year before reading that book i was i just i will i got really into like tony robbins tim ferris all the like great productivity guys talking about improving your life and it, it helped me a lot yeah like I needed that. But what it also did, it was like it put me on a mindset of more. I need more. I need more. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'll, no matter how lame that looks, like oh, I'm not good enough. <laughs> I but am not enough. I, it, did that. <laughs> it did that to me unconsciously. Of course, I would never admit that. I never said to people, oh, I'm not good, en I'm not good enough. But that was what was, was driving me because I remembered the talks I used to have, which is like, come on, you piece of shit, you need to do this. or. Yeah. Why are you, like it was always from anger, from a place of anger, or, or something like that. So, and when I finally read that book, like I had this just gigantic, kind of real realization that, I was really, I was building like really bad with myself. I was being like a, if I was like she gave the example at the book in the book that, imagine how it would be if you if you treat your best friend like you treat yourself, and I was like. I would be the fucking biggest douchebag ever. Yeah. It's like bullying. <laughs> and that, 
Yeah, it was like it was completely like bullying. I would be like, "Whoa, why am I doing this to myself?" And then like the following, the following week, I, a week, I just like started to implement some practices in the book. So really, thanks more about like meditation. But meditation really focused on feelings and sensations in your body. Mm-hmm. So like how, how your heart is beating, how your how, you, how it's feeling, how the anxiety is feeling in your throat. Yeah. Whatever it may be, because I did meditation before, but it was never focused on sensations in your body. And like those that week I just felt like a a surge of happiness and contentment with everything. I was like I remember sitting down in a chair and reading the book and I was just like I popped the biggest smile ever just because I didn't even have a reason. I was just like I was happy and I was like, What is this? It was it it felt like a superpower yeah. because it still to this day perplex, perplexes me because that just shows the power, the the amount of anger and hate that was driving me. And I'm not even like a a, a depressive pe- person. Like I don't even have that. Much, I don't even. I would even wouldn't even say I have that many problems with self self esteem and stuff like that. So I imagine for people that like hate themselves or have depression or dealing with those kinds of stuff, if this was the impact that on me, uh, I feel like most people would have a giant impact of just like doing them a regular mindfulness practice. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't have to be meditation. It can be journaling. It can be just like breathe, breathing uh, exercises. I just feel like it's super important. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to go into is uh, kind of a counterbalance here is that I feel like before you get into this kind of being okay with you, who you are, you also kind of have to go first through the stage of trying to fix yourself. Because I yeah, yeah because I imagine if when I started in this journey, if the first thing I did was like I'm gonna accept myself as I am right now, hmm. I don't think it's it would be even that good, because now I'm I'm improving always, but it's from that state. But first you need to start improving, and then you kind of will reach this point of oh maybe I need to let go. Oh shit! I almost dropped my cup. You will get to the <laughs> point of <laughs> of all I kind of yeah. I lost my thought there. Boom! <laughs> but uh, it also no. It also depends on the type, type of personality. I'd say women are much less oriented to like go changing from a place of hate. I feel like most women would, would start from this place I just talked about. So the the thing of accepting themselves and then being able to change. At least that's what I what I've noticed in most women that yeah. have kind of. There's a, a good example of that is if you, for example, if you show a motivational video. Those like uh, the Rocky ones, for example. Yeah, if you show like a Rocky you. montage, so we'll, yeah, like, yeah, so girls, like if you show that to to guys, yeah. like ninety nine percent of them, if you would measure the the hormones in their body and how everything's going, there would be a spike in like something, and either stress or yeah, something <laughs> that would uh, guide them towards action, which is what I feel, what you feel, and most people feel. If you show that to women, mm-hmm. their reaction is kind of like. An eyebrow raised, like, oh, interesting. Mm. And on the other hand, if you show them like one of those yogi videos of just like, hello, ladies, beautiful beings, I love you all. (laughs) For for them, for them, that would be like, oh, I'm so motivated. But for guys, it's like, what the fuck is this girl talking about? I don't need any of this. And I noticed that because the other day, two weeks ago, I think, I was doing some yoga, I was trying. So I, I just typed yeah. yoga on YouTube to do like a, like a guided yoga. And the, the girl there just, so he starts sitting down. And for like 10 minutes, he's just giving that talk. I just want you to know that you are perfect as you are. 
embraced all. And at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is nice. But after a bit, I was like, okay, can we do it? Please. <laughs> but I, can I know imagine, I'm perfect. Just show me. But I can imagine that for as men like mental masturbate with the Rocky montages, that's the same thing for women. Yeah. It's just interesting to see how, how it changes. But kind of to get back to yeah. what we're actually talking about is, yeah, you got to be in the present moment. Sometimes you, you kind of have to bring yourself back to that just to kind of go full circle on everything. Of course, during your day, most of the time, at, at least when you're starting out, you're not going to be present. Stress is going to appear. Stuff is going to appear. And you're not going to be like conscious of your breathing while you're, I don't know, when you're working. But if... But now that you're conscious of it, that you need or that you want to be more, you know, conscious of yourself, you will notice throughout the day, a thought will pop up like, oh, maybe I should do that more. And that's when you kind of need to, you know, just close your eyes and take two deep breaths or three and just see how it feels. You'll feel so much better. It's crazy, especially if you can stop a high stress uh, situation or activity to do that. Even if you're walking on the street and you just stop, just stand still and just just breathe you'll notice such a deep peace inside you even if it's for like three seconds but the more you do it the easier it will be and the more calmer and happier your life will be i think yeah i'd say it's a it's a muscle like you yeah, practice it yeah it's, if you haven't done it before it, it won't come to you as regularly to someone who has been practicing it their whole life so that's that's what i see with meditation so when I started with meditation, I would never or very rarely have those moments of mindfulness. But as like a month after, two months after, I started having those moments of like presence more regularly. Like I was doing something and I just I would naturally stop for a moment yeah. and just realize, okay, I'm I'm here and I would just like take a deep breath. And that's the I think that's the something people most people like really miss in their lives. Just because they don't have like that regular mindfulness practice, and I'd say meditation is the be the best thing for this. Honestly, I think it's something it's something really good. I think most it just teaches you a really important lesson that we don't have that much in to the in this modern world, which is like things take time, and you notice that with meditation. Yeah. Because the first week you do meditation, you you might not even feel anything different. Second week, same thing. Third week, same thing. But like you you won't even notice it, but Eventually, you will start feeling different. I won't. I won't even say like any timestamps or whatever. It different. It varies from people yeah. person to person. But eventually, if you keep at it and if you do it regularly, it will change the way your brain works. It, I think that's just a fact. And they have been doing doing studies on meditation, and it physically changes the how your brain works and how it. Functions. Yeah, the pathways so, in your brain they physically yeah, change. Yeah, the pathways in like. Yeah, so that's just I think it's just proven at this point. But you, you, you just there's a new part. There's a I think there's a part of you that's been hidden your whole life if you're on this really stimulated uh, path with all all kinds of stimulations, being that junk food, uh, smartphones, whatever. And once you start meditation, meditating, that I think that's a cold part of you. That part that wants to express their thoughts. They it kind of. It, that part that like kind of speaks to you. I don't know how to explain it, but sometimes I catch myself now that I've been doing more meditation, talking with myself, and it's something like yeah. I I wouldn't ever do. But there's something there inside of you, and once you have that, you you don't kind of you don't feel lonely on those times that you're present. 
because there's there's something there. Yeah. It's like you're you split into not entertained, yeah. but yeah, it's like you. It's like sometimes I catch my. It's like yeah. It's your you have your thoughts that if you've never meditated, that's what you are. It's just the the chatter in your mind. But what happens with meditation is you can kind of take a third person perspective on that on those thoughts. And for me, the first time that happened was like a mind blowing thing. Because until then, everything that popped into your brain was you. But then when you can see that, oh, this just happens here in my brain. And I can actually look at it from, you know, from a, a God perspective, the third person perspective. Yeah, yeah. Everything changes. And I think that this is um, the perfect topic to end the, the podcast on. Just a practical way of people, you know, to just go into this and to just practice. And uh, if you're starting out and you're kind of unsure how to do it, I recommend Edspace. And you can use my affiliate code below. No, you can't. I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't have it. We suck. But no, but you, use it. you yeah, can add spaces. They give you like 10 free sessions. And it's guided meditation. So you hear this very polite British man. I think it's British. Just go, just being, you know, guiding you through your meditation. How you should breathe, how, what you should think, how you should view things. And not even if you're not starting out, it's very, it's a good change of pace. And if you are starting out, it's incredibly good to, you know, get the ball rolling. Yeah, my last recommendation would also be Headspace for starting meditating. And then if you want to read something like uh, that goes in accordance with this topic we've been talking about, I'd say the, the best book I've read on it which is called Radical Acceptance, the book I mentioned pre mm -hmm. previously. It was written by Tara Brack. Like, the, the title sucks, like, for people that's... People that really need it are the people that are, aren't going to be attacked. Like most things. Which is my case. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if you, like, you, radical acceptance is not appealing if you are a, a, a productivity personality. But I think it's a really good book. Don't discount it. And that just, that, that's my recommendation. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to end with a book recommendation, which is going to be, we are going to cover it in the podcast, but The Power of Now. It's one of the best books I've ever read. And it's about really getting into the moment. But you know, if you're lazy and you don't want to read it, we will cover it in about three weeks. So stay tuned, guys. This was the Searching for Meaning podcast. I'm Gonzalo, and I was joined by my brother, Thiago. Thank if you. you want to find us on Instagram, which I'm sure you do, you can find us at Paths of Meaning. That's P-A-T-H-S of Meaning on Instagram, and you'll find us. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye.